Welcome back everybody to Straight Outta Cloyne 2.0 with me, your host, of course, Joseph Dylan Turl, who is hot off the heels of a fantastic weekend of Cork wrestling, Irish wrestling, Rebel County wrestling. What a show it was last Saturday. Hooked on a feeling live from the Kino, the final show at the Kino for the time being. But to say we went out with a banger would be the understatement of the year. Banger! After banger! After banger! After banger! After banger! After banger! I can't wait to watch the show back on YouTube. And I actually have a pretty exciting idea for an episode when the ep- uh, when the uh, show is put up on YouTube. Make sure you go over to the Rebel County Wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, all that good crack. Because if you weren't lucky enough to be in the Kino last Saturday, you missed an incredible show. But thankfully, gotta love technology, you're, you're able to watch it on YouTube. Uh, but no, I, I very much am looking forward to watching it back. And I was thinking about this, like, you know, because last Saturday in the Kino was the most confident I think I've ever felt in a wrestling ring terms of refereeing like that was by far the best show i've been a part of but for the first time probably since my first show that i refereed almost three years ago i think that i didn't put the i don't want to say unnecessary pressure but i didn't put the the pressure i normally put on myself i think i just took a step back and enjoyed it like i think i spoke about it on here before where uh, you know, obviously, you know, I, I left refereeing and wrestling for a little bit back in late 2021, and I remember at the time I thought that was it. Like I thought I was thought I was done. I was actually at the time I thought I was ready to pretty much walk away from it uh, and just be a fan again. But then, obviously, I came back a few months later and I refereed the last ever NXP show in what is now known as the Hard Knocks Gym out in Limerick, and then I refereed the Phoenix Anniversary Show, which turned out to be the Phoenix Farewell Show. And I remember being outside the Kino watching Scotty Tuhati warm up for his match against LJ Cleary and just being like, how the fuck am I here? <laughs> like, when I say imposter syndrome, I mean like the biggest fucking dose of it. And obviously that was the first time I refereed a big title match. I refereed the uh, the tag team title match. It was uh, Butch and Dino against uh, the Sabres of Destiny, uh, Owen Richards and... Um, uh, Andy Steele, which was a, a great match to be a part of, and I also refereed a scramble match that night, which was an experience. And also, Foxy was kind enough to let me referee uh, the following tag match as well, where Reardon O'Connor turned heel. So that was really, really cool. Um, but every RCW show since you know, I've literally refereed every single match in Rebel County Wrestling, and I don't, I don't ever downplay that. Like that is such a cool thing for me to say that like the current Cork promotion is a promotion that I have refereed every single match for. That will never be lost on me. It, it really won't be. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud to to be a part of it. But I think that this was the first time I felt like I've done this enough now to the point where I feel like I can just enjoy it. And yeah, there was still a few nerves before the show, but it was like, like I wish I was refereeing again this weekend. I didn't want the show to end. I was just there like, man, I want to just keep, I want to just keep going. And uh, hopefully, in the coming months, and you know, before the end of the year, I will turn up in a few more places, uh, other you know, away from uh, Rebel County Wrestling. Obviously, I'll still be doing the RCW shows, and I love 
every uh, single minute and second of doing that. But uh, hoping to pop up in a few other places as well. So stay tuned for that. And obviously, you know, last Saturday, it looks like it's going to be our last show in the keynote for a while. But what a way to go out. As I say, with an absolute banger. Um, every single match from top to bottom between, you know, the in-ring action itself, the psychology of the matches, the comedy matches were absolutely hilarious. Like, there was a bit of everything for everyone. So as I say, if you weren't there in person, make sure that you go over to the Rebel County YouTube channel, Rebel County Wrestling YouTube channel, that is, and hit that subscribe button and watch the most recent show but uh yeah i'm thinking of doing like a little watch along with it as well where i'll put the show on youtube and i'll do uh like a watch along on here similar to what they do over at ad free shows if you listen to the kurt angle show or um something to wrestle with uh, bruce pritchard you- you'll understand um you'll understand what I'm talking about because I have a special episode planned for the three-year anniversary of my very first uh, show that I refereed on Lock, Stock and Two Meters Apart where I was going to do a watch-along episode uh, in September for that show which uh, I think would be very exciting but uh, I think I might do it for the last show as well because as I say, I don't watch a lot um, a lot of the a lot of the stuff I do back so I, that's a habit I kind of want to get out of. I want to get I want to get into watching the stuff and maybe, you know, let's make some uh, Let's make some content out of it. Because uh, confidence-wise, I, I felt at my best. And uh, I think I might have mentioned this last week. I can't remember. But I did have a little bit of contact from someone on WWE's main roster about some advice for refereeing. And uh, they gave me some good advice, which I've definitely taken on board. So I really, really do appreciate that. And maybe at some stage, I might be able to talk about that a bit further. But... Uh, yeah, despite Saturday being a great night, I did have some bad news that my fellow Manchester United fans will share. And that is the fact that Manchester City have won the treble. Now, I thought I would feel a lot more down about this. But then I thought about it, right? And I put the 99 treble that United won alongside Man City's 2023 treble. And I'm like, we won our treble with... So many youth academy players. Not the strongest bench in the world. We hadn't a single FA charge against our name. Unlike the 115 the other lot have. And when you look at the amount of games, classic games we played that season. Between the group stage games against Barcelona, the ball ended 3-all. The, you know, the quarterfinals against Inter Milan in the Champions League and the semi-finals against Juventus. The FA Cup drama against Liverpool and against Arsenal. The the league games, you know, Oli Solskjaer coming off the bench and scoring four against Nottingham Forest. And that's that's without even mentioning the final day drama where Andy Cole gets the winner to seal the league after we went 2-1 down against Tottenham. Beckham obviously scored a beauty as well that day. You know, as I said, the FA Cup semi-final where Beckham again scores a beauty. Arsenal equalise. We save a penalty. Arsenal have a goal disallowed. Roy Keane gets sent off. And then Ryan Giggs scores one of the most incredible goals you'll ever see in extra time. Then we have the, the drama of the Champions League final. The two substitutes coming on, scoring two goals in the last minute after being 1-0 down to seal the first ever treble. Like... It's just incredible. It's just absolutely incredible when you think about it. And then you look at Man City's, where it's like, yeah, they're a team with an open checkbook who spent millions, and yeah, they won the treble. Like, good on them, but the story it just doesn't compare for me. It really doesn't. People will say that's bitterness. I don't really care. Whatever. Congratulations to Man City. They fully deserved uh, their win in in 
well, I was going to say they deserved the win in the final, but, you know, Inter probably were the better team. But anyways, no, look, you know, they took their chances. They took the one chance that they really had. And uh, Ederson obviously had a very good performance as well from what I saw. My only thing is that, like, you know, my biggest fear is that they're not going to stop here, which is why I'm like, look, Qatar need to come in, get the Glazers out, Manchester United. The only way we're going to compete with Man City is is with the unlimited wealth. And people will say, oh, but you're a hypocrite because you said Man City ruined the game by doing that and, uh, and you're Chelsea back in the day. Well, I personally never said that, but the thing is, I still think you can say that and want United to get rich owners. Because not only have the Glazers been terrible owners, but like our point still stands that football has been ruined. Like the unlimited wealth has ruined the game, you know. But unfortunately, the harsh reality of it is that's the only way you can compete. Like we're not just seeing it at the top of English football and the top of European football. We're seeing it down the lower leagues as well. Like look at Wrexham. Do you think Wrexham will be doing what they're doing now without Ryan Reynolds and Rob, whatever the other guy's name is, without that money? No, they wouldn't. But they have the wealth to do it. And listen, good on them. Like, Wrexham fans obviously won't give a shit. But I just don't think it's as genuine as maybe a story like Luton Town and what they've just done. It is what it is. Look, that's just the way the game has gone. And uh, unfortunately, I feel like that's the only way you can compete now. You know, the game that used to be the people's game has become a game for the rich and the famous. It is what it is, you know. There's more important things in life, like wrestling, like wrestling. Uh, But yeah, listen, congratulations to Man City. Next season should be interesting. We'll see what happens. I'm actually going to uh, another United game in August, the friendly in the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. Uh, I was actually there the last time United played in Dublin. That was a friendly against Sampdoria back in 2017, a 2-1 win. Goals from Henrik Mkhitaryan and Juan Mata. Uh, But this time we are playing Athletic Bilbao on the 6th of August in the Aviva United also played the very first game in the Aviva Stadium against the League of Ireland eleven back in 2010. I was actually in Manchester when that game was on. A 7-1 win. I remember Michael Owen scored a beauty that day. Jisung Park, I think, scored in that game too. Nanny, I remember scoring. Yeah, there was a, it was a good game. But, uh, excuse me, very much looking forward to being back there. So, I have a bit of a story to tell as well, right? I've been uh, quite open on here recently about... The fact that I have been uh, switching jobs as of late. And uh, I feel very fortunate that I got a lot of responses from jobs I applied to. Uh, That's something that didn't always happen. So I took a lot of pride in that and I was very, very happy with that. And even some of the negative responses I was able to take some positivity from. But there was one job, well technically two jobs in particular, that are the most bizarre responses to job applications I have ever gotten. Now, before I uh, tell you this story, I actually have another story that I'd like to uh, to tell too, if I just get uh, the Indeed app up on my phone. So, I actually forgot about this. Uh, Before I started my last job, I had some communication with a guy named uh, Mick. So if I can just find the uh, emails here. Uh, Oh, I just had them there a second ago. Where are they? There we go. Gotta love the Indeed app refreshing when you don't want it to. So, this was back in September of 2022. So I got a a message from a guy named Mick, not going to give away his second name, who says, Hi, Joseph slash Dylan, whichever one you want to call me. Okay, I may as well just use my shoot name. Hi, Dylan. Can we meet on Wednesday at 9.30 in my offices in Cork? Let me know, Mick. And I said, Hi, Mick. Thank you for your message. 
Yes, that would be perfect. I look forward to meeting you. Best regards, Dylan. Mick responds, Hi Dylan, perfect. Call me if any issues. Gives his number. Thanks, regards, Mick. So that was on the uh, 11th of September. And I think the second message yeah, was also on the 11th of September. And then the next day, or the next night I should say, Mick sends me another email. And he says, Hi Dylan, did you receive my email? Thanks, regards, Mick. And I said, Hi Mick, I'm sorry, which email was that? I haven't received anything since we spoke yesterday. Kind regards, Dylan. And Mick responds, Hi Dylan, have we booked you for an interview? And this is all 24 hours after I initially spoke to him to set up an interview. Now, as this was going on, I was having communication with another job, which I ended up taking. So I didn't respond to this straight away. But then he sent that at 26 minutes past nine on the 12th of September. And then six minutes later, he emails me again. Hi, Dylan. Did we fix up an interview? And I'm there like, can you not like read back the old messages or the emails? Like the, the, the emails are saved on Indeed if you apply for a job. So I'm kind of looking at this going... How have you forgotten that we've set that we've set up an interview? You, you literally said to me half nine on Wednesday, could I come in for the interview? And then he sends me twenty six minutes past nine. Hi Dylan, have we booked you for an interview? Regards, Mick. And then six minutes later, Hi Dylan, did we fix up an interview? Regards, Mick. And then he responds, or then he sends me another email the next day, saying, Hi Dylan, can you respond please? And I'm there like. You are making me want this job less and less. Like, I'm already after going to advanced stages with another company. But, like, the fact that you set up an interview and then the next day completely forgot. Which, listen, we all forget things. But I was like, you know, I know they say employees are are just another number after a while. But I've just become another number to this guy before I've even got the job. And I just responded, Mick, I've decided to uh, to take another job offer, Dylan. Because I was like... This guy clearly does not have his priorities together. Like, how do you set up an interview with someone, have them respond to you, and then the next day go, did we actually fix up an interview? Like, I would love to know what he had going on. And he was responding quite late as well. Like, he was responding very, very late at night, like half nine, 20 to 10, uh, quarter past 10. Like, there was some late times that he responded. Quarter past seven, the first message... Very, very strange. Now, I thought that would be the weirdest job... uh, uh, Sorry, the weirdest um, response to a job offer ever. But this next one topped the lot. So if I can just find the message here. I apologise again. Indeed has been very weird today. It's typical because I haven't used it for a few days. But when I actually need it to talk about something, I can't find it. So here we go. So... This is a job that I applied to on the 26th of April, 2023. And I didn't receive a response until the 5th of June. And it comes from Paul, who says, Dear Dylan, my name is Paul and I'm a project manager at said company. I wanted to follow up with you personally. Keep that word in mind there, personally, regarding your application for the job. While we were impressed with your qualifications, we ultimately had to select candidates whose skills and experience more closely aligned with our needs. Fair enough, whatever. I can, I, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. That 
Sounds normal so far. But the next part, I just thought like, oh my God, what a chancer. So Paul goes on to say, however, we noticed that you have a lot of potential and we wanted to offer you an opportunity to improve your skills and increase your chances of landing a remote job in the future. We own another company that licenses remote sales training to other businesses. We believe that our training program can help you develop the skills necessary to succeed in the remote selling world. Our comprehensive training program, blah, 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 just kind of goes on a rant about that. And here we get to the fucking good part. While the course normally costs €1,000, we want to offer you a special discount of just €97. We see the potential in you and want uh, want to help you grow in the remote selling world. Simply visit our website at, gives the link for the website, to sign up or send us a message if you're interested. Don't miss out on this opportunity to improve your skills and increase your chances of landing your first remote job. We hope to hear from you soon. Best regards, Paul. Now, not only was this not my first remote job, or would not have been my first remote job, that is one of the most ridiculous emails I have ever received in response to a job application. You're rejecting a job application from nearly two months before, or just over a month before, but you also want me to fork out 97 euro to buy one of your products. And I can tell by the way that email is wrote. Like, he doesn't just say, Dear Dylan. He, he gives my full name. My full real name. Not my, not my, uh, shoot, or not my worked name. And I'm there like, who, it says, like, I don't know, let's say I'm talking to, okay, uh, Roy Keane. There's a Roy Keane book right next to me. Like, if I'm sending Roy Keane a message, I'm hardly going to go, Dear Roy Keane. I like to say, Dear Roy or Dear Mr. Keane. You know what I mean? So, like, I knew it wasn't a real response anyway, but I, ha- I had to I had to respond. And I said, Hi, Paul. I appreciate you getting back to me about my job application, but I feel like this response is very disingenuous. It's already disappointing to not get good news from a job application, but then to have that same company try to get you to purchase one of their products as part of the rejection letter is a bit of a joke, discount or not. Surely, if my potential was that impressive, you would have at least given me an interview. I'd appreciate if you could take any details, uh, sorry, if you could take my details off your system as I don't want any further contact, Dylan. Because I'm there like, you see, and what really annoys me is the way he says, the course normally costs a thousand euro, but we want to offer you a special discount of just 97 euro. I don't believe for one minute this course normally costs a thousand euro, because... Offering it for just €97 is a fucking hell of a discount. But that's all a mental strategy. That's to get you to think, Jesus Christ, like, €97, that's nothing for a course that normally costs €1,000. €97 is still a lot of money. Like, that's not cheap. And I'm there like, you've rejected my job application, and now you want me to sign up for one of your fucking products. That's a disgrace. So I sent that email, and... Thought that would be the end of that. That was on the 5th and 6th of June. But then, a few days ago, I get a response from another job application from the same guy. So obviously a lot of these companies just work together. And it's word for word the exact same. Dear Dylan, my name is Paul and I'm a project manager at the company. I wanted to follow up with you personally. Remember I told you to keep that word in mind. That's a load of shit. Regarding your application. While we were impressed with your qualifications, we ultimately had to select candidates whose skills, blah, 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 blah. However, we noticed you have a lot of potential. Course normally costs €1,000. We want to offer you a special discount of just €97, so on and so forth. You get the point. And they're like, this guy doesn't even fucking 
like see who he's messaging. He doesn't even pay attention to who he's messaging. And the thing is, I've been in jobs where I've sent out sequence emails. It's not sequence emails I have a problem with. But rejecting someone's job application and then telling them to go buy one of your products. Like, have you no shame? And this is the problem with a lot of people in sales is that morality goes out the window. And it's it's a big reason as to why, like, you know, it's it's not an industry I would like to stay in for the rest of my life. But I had to respond again. And I said, Paul, this is the second time I've had to respond to one of your incredibly laughable messages. As I said in the last message, to tell someone that, uh, th- that they didn't get the job and then want them to buy one of your products is a disgrace, discount or not. Also, this message is word for word what you said in the last message, so you clearly aren't reaching out personally. Quite insulting, to be honest with you. You'll have to excuse my language, but this method of sales is complete and utter bullshit. Don't contact me again. Now, I swear to God, if I get another email next week from another job application, and if it's from the same fucking guy with the same message, there will be fucking hell to pay. But like... Imagine that. Imagine sitting there thinking, you know what would be a great idea, right? People who apply for this job, when we reject them, we'll still try and get them to buy one of the products. And let me tell you something, lads. That course, right, that would not increase your chances of getting hired in the future. It really wouldn't. If you have to buy someone's product in order for them to consider you for a job, then it's a scam. Just get rid of it. You know, and it's funny because anytime I've been on Facebook lately, and so about that, I deleted Facebook for fucking ages, but I came back onto it recently just because there was a few people who that was the only social media they used, so it was just better for me to go on it if I wanted to stay in contact with them. And I remember, uh, like I was scrolling through my timeline or whatever it's called, and the amount of scam jobs. Like there was one, I think it was Amazon. It was like, oh, get paid three hundred dollars or euro a day. Like there was two different posts, one with dollars, one with euros. And only work for 30 minutes. Like, how, like, if you'd want to be very, very, you'd either want to be a vulnerable person or you'd want to be very, very stupid to fall for that. You're making 300 to 500 euro slash dollars a day, but you're only working for half an hour. Come on. Come on, like, at least get creative with it. At least get creative with it. Like, fuck off. That was an absolute scam. But for this guy to sit here and think, I know how we'll increase sales. The people we've essentially told fuck off, we'll try and get them to sign up for our product and buy it. And, and, and we'll, we'll disguise it in a way that we think, that, or that we're um, telling them that we're going to help them develop their sales skills. Not a hope. Not a hope. So if anyone else gets a job, uh, a response to a job application from Paul, tell him Dylan told you to fuck off. Because that is a joke. And listen, I understand. Paul's just trying to do his job. But, as I say, there's just no morality in that. Because, like, some people who might, might, might be applying for jobs may be unemployed. And, you know, they're desperate to get a job and they need the money. And imagine rejecting someone in that position but saying, Oh, but if you want to fork out nearly 100 quid there to sign up for one of our bullshit fucking programs, maybe you'll have a chance in the future, buddy. Get out of here. Get out of here. Unbelievable. <sighs> Go on, get out of here. It's a little reference there, if you know, you know. But anyways, lads, that's where I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. Admittedly, not the longest episode. Uh, to give you a little bit of behind-the-scenes um, information, I've actually had to record this twice. I was editing together a bit of the episode, and I realised that I'd accidentally deleted half of it, so I had to go back and record it. So 
I apologize that it's a little bit of a short one, but uh, I have been speaking to a former trainee wrestler in the last uh, week or two, and we are discussing uh, setting up some time to record. I was hoping to get it done this week, but I just haven't got a chance. Barely had a chance to record this episode, which made it all the more fun uh, having to re-record it again. But hopefully we'll have an interview on here soon. We'd love to get some of the RCW guys on here too and have a bit of a chat there. Because um, little bone to pick. There was a lot of podcasts plugged at the RCW show last week and mine was not one of them. So that's going to have to change. But anyways, in all seriousness though, I would love to get some of the RCW guys on here and have a bit of a chat and uh, talk all things wrestling. Maybe some of the jiu-jitsu guys as well. That would be quite fun. And... Uh, yeah, hopefully some people from CSN as well, because bloody hell, I thought by now we'd have gotten them all on. We haven't even gotten one of them on. But regardless of that, we'll look after that in the future. Hopefully Alex can get on here as well again soon. Uh, he is still in the process of making a new, lo- a new logo for the show. Uh, so we'll hopefully all uh, have that all done very, very soon. I'm struggling to speak English at the moment because recording twice is very, very annoying, especially when you've had to cover a lot of the old stuff that you had spoken about that you got rid of by accident because you're an idiot. But with all that said, uh, thank you all for tuning in. We'll end this with the classic wrestling promo as always. Uh, have a great weekend and I will talk to you all next week. Take care. Monday Nitro, live from the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee. We're off and running with two hours of World Championship Wrestling. Tony and Larry are with you here and Larry... That music means the new world order is going to come out right from the beginning here on Nitro Live. It's, it's Hollywood, Hulk Hogan, and DBRC. And Vince is out with them as well. So tell me they're coming here. Well, to be honest with you, I don't know what they're going to do. I can only tell you this. This past weekend on all of our television programs on TBS, you found out the fact that Rowdy Roddy Piper will be here tonight, live on this program, to answer the call from the WCW Championship Committee. If he wants it, he will get the title shot at Super Brawl 7 on February 23rd, live at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Piper will be here tonight, and Hogan wasting no time coming out and getting center ring here, Larry. Now, obviously, he's got something to say. We'll find out. But again, Piper will be here in the $64,000. Question is, what is Rowdy Roddy Piper going to say when he gets here? Let's see what Hogan has to say. Today, speaking on behalf of World Championship Wrestling, we certainly hope and pray that he says yes. As millions of fans will watch on this two-hour telecast tonight, one of the most important ever in the history of pro wrestling tonight. And look at that. Look at Hogan defacing the Holy Grail. That's the super prize that Rowdy Roddy Piper can get his hands on, and that would crumble the new world order. I don't care how much money brilliant Ted has. Well, you can't deny that he looks tremendous condition. Look at this. You can't deny Piper put him to sleep, too. Nope. Betty Bye, he went. You're right. There you see NWO fans abounding here. And Hogan's got the microphone. Get the shovels. Let's get one thing straight around here. All you NWOites know that we're here on a mission from God. Number one, everywhere I go in Hollywood, California, from the Time Warner 
Turner deal I put together, oh my from God. the German deal I'm putting together, and from the ultimate weapon in June that I'm putting together, everywhere I go, I hear that Rowdy Roddy Piper has been there, and Rowdy Roddy Piper has been dogging me. Well, let me tell you something. Hollywood, just like the rest of my worshipers out there, all you NWOites, you know that the WCW shot their mouth off and offered Rowdy Roddy Piper a title shot for my NWO belt. Where do they get off at? And the WCW also let the word out that Rowdy Roddy Piper, one-legged Pete, the crippled kid, oh my. was going to be here at Nitro tonight. So I talked with Trillionaire Ted, and I talked with Vince, and me being a man of honor, <laughs> and me being a man of my word, I said, if Rowdy Roddy Piper is in Memphis, Tennessee tonight, that I would confront him because I'm tired of the lies, I'm tired of the backlash, and I want Rowdy Roddy Piper to admit that I'm the better man that I beat him in the ring. And since he's gonna be here tonight, I, Hollywood Hogan, will put the NWO title on the line. Yeah. And if Rowdy Roddy Piper has the guts enough to come out here, the moment I see Piper get in the building, the moment he arrives, Hollywood Hogan, I'm gonna embarrass Piper all the way into the ring, put the NWO belt on the line, and then I'm gonna beat him right in the middle, just like I did the last time. So the way it goes is no matter how you put it, Roddy Piper promised his one, uh, yeah, three fans out there that he'd be here. So when he gets here, I'm gonna crucify him, I'm gonna put the title on the line, and I'm gonna wrestle him right here on Monday Night Show, NWO style. Let the games begin. You heard that, fans? Live as it happened from Hollywood Hotel. He said a very key thing there. The moment he arrives, when he gets here, he realizes Piper's not yet in the arena. And we'll be back live from Memphis, Tennessee after this.